4 o'clock football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. All right, frenzy coming up in a couple minutes. Let's check in on what's going on at Silver 7. We're here every Thursday all the way through the end of the football season. We've got football specials for NFL rolling out here in less than a week. And Eric Andre, director of marketing, sits down with us. And first thing we wanted to talk about, I you know, I always mention the A-play card and all the benefits and all the cool giveaways you guys have weekly in the Wednesday Great Gas Giveaway, which is going on 6 to 10 uh, each Wednesday evening. Every 15 minutes, $50 gas card goes out. But now you, ha- uh, you guys have an app. You have an app for the players. So what's happening? Yes, that is uh, correct. Um, if you go to our website, silver7scasino.com, you'll actually be able to find a link where you can download our A-Play Club app that allows our patrons to actually log into their accounts. They'll be able to see their promotions, point balances, even book hotel rooms. And if a patron actually um, downloads the app and allows for notifications, we're starting to send out special offers. So if you've got this app and we push a notification for an offer, you can come in and show us the the offer, and we'll attach it right at our player services club. Nice, nice. Uh, This month's giveaways, if you accrue enough points, we've got what coming up? We've got, uh, oh, it's all Bud Light themed, at least early in the month. T-shirt and hat on September 4th. Got yeah. the chip and dip tray coming up on September 18th. So you guys continue to put out cool giveaways. That one's on Sundays, right? Yes. Uh, to help kind of with our uh, football NFL starting back up, we want to do some, you know, football theme type gifts. So like you mentioned, we are, are uh, actually this Sunday, we're doing a Bud Light t-shirt along with a hat. And then, again, the Bud Light beer on the 11th. And then on the 18th, along with those serving trays or serving bowls, whichever you choose, you'll get a bag of Ruffles. And that's the 16-ounce bag, not the, nice. not the little snack size. Not the size. cheapy bag. <laughs> yeah. Let's get a real bag. All right. The beer special is unlike anything in Las Vegas. So it starts up NFL games next week, Thursday night football. So what are you guys doing? Uh, for our game day specials, we're actually doing the 77-cent bottles like we have been in the past, uh, Bud, Bud Light, and Michelob Ultra. I think you got, the, you got that wrong. You said 77 cents. Yes, 77 cents. That is correct. Those, is it $4.77, $5.77? No, no, 77 cents. There's what? No, no, no inflation here. What? <laughs> no inflation on this one. That's good. And then we actually have our um, $7.77 special, which is two hot dogs, two bag of chips. Those are the smaller bag of chips. And then a 22-ounce draft, whether it's Bud, Bud Light, or Michelob Ultra. Nice. You guys expecting to have a freaking monster football season? Excitement for the Raiders in the NFL is probably bigger than it's, it's been in years and years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're, you know, we're even allowing our team members to wear their um, football jerseys. Hopefully most will be supporting Raiders, <laughs> but, you know, there's the occasional Dallas and, you know, some other teams. <laughs> uh, let's also talk about the uh, the Friday and Saturday. You got a 250 rollover and uh, free play drawings, right? Yes. Uh, our Fridays, uh, the 250 rollover drawing that goes from 8 p.m. till midnight is for free play every hour. And then same time on Saturdays, but it's for cash. What else we got? What else are we doing for the fall? Um, that cafe's been rebranded, right? Yes, the cafe has been rebranded. It's open and ready. Uh, we are actually doing the new menu, so that should be launching in about the next week to two weeks. Don't get rid of the chicken fingers, please. We had a whole we had a whole discussion about them about three weeks ago. I was out there with GM Jim, and uh, I raved about them. And then uh, one of our hosts was like, "What are you a child getting?" Uh, chicken fingers, I was like, well, the GM got them too, so yeah, we're all no, good, right? No, no, those are good, and we're actually bringing some menu items back that we had before, nice, and then we're nice. actually introducing some new ones because we've got a new chef, a head chef, and he's really put together a great menu. 
All right, Eric, one more time. Tell people how they can get the uh, get the app, and I know you're talking about a QR code, so uh, hook people up. Yeah. if you Again, if you go to our website, silver7scasino.com, uh, you'll be able to hit the link there, uh, not only for the A-Play Club app, but we also have our A-Play Online, which will allow you to play you know, some of your favorite slot machines there online. Uh, again, if you don't want to go to our website and you're on property, we actually have the collateral with the QR code. Just like every other place, you put your camera to it, and it'll take you right to the App Store. Thank you, my man. There awesome. he is, Eric Andre, right here at Silver 7's corner of Flamingo and Paradise. We're here every week from 3 to 6. Now, keep in mind, Thursdays, because we go at 5 o'clock to Thursday Night Football uh, for the rest of this year, starting next week, we'll be on from 2 to 5. So come down, enjoy the happy hour starting at 3 o'clock. But, you know, football kicks off at 5, and then you got hours there where the beers are just 77 cents. On the way back, we're going to get to some pro football focus Honors, nods for a couple of UNLV football players. And then is Baker Mayfield talking trash? Was he misquoted? Here we go again. Get in the game with the William Hill Pro Pick'em Football Contest for your chance to win over $1 million in cash prizes. Register by September 11th at the William Hill Racing Sportsbook inside Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. Rolling on, Cofield and Company. Silver 7's on a Thursday, 277. Drink specials going on right now. Two different bars, the Bud Light Lounge. And also the silver and gold. Adam Hill is here. It's Cofield. We're going to do another Raiders opponent preview, getting real close to the beginning of the season. We started with the back end of the season and counted down all the way to the start of the season. You love PFF. One of the things I I don't think a lot of people know is a great resource is PFF is down with grading college players too. Yeah. and Started, uh, I think, last year? I think so. There weren't a ton of UNLV players who got nods last year. Some of the, the more consistent guys on the team were the center, Leif uh, Fontenot, and also uh, Julio Garcia. This year they come out of the gates pretty good. Now it was week zero, so there was only a handful of games, but Doug Brumfield got the nod on the all-offensive team nationally, 21 of 25, 356, four touchdowns in like a quarter, I'm sorry, a half and a second. Um Eliel Himere, who JVT came in you know, during the week, and he was like, oh, I watched the rest of the game again because it was his son's birthday on Saturday. So he was like, yeah, I watched more of the game. And he's like, Himere was the best guy on the field. Okay, So PFF actually had him on their all-nation defensive line. Again, it's week by week, right? And then it, it keeps – it continues. You know, They'll do game by game, and then they'll accrue the season. But the guy that I, I – and, again, I'm not sitting there watching the offensive line, but I thought it was a really good sign that Preston Nichols, who's new to the program – Comes in from Charleston Southern, moves right into the left guard spot. Preston um, played with Davion McDaniel, who was the left tackle, is the left tackle. Davion was a utility guy last year for UNLV, but they played together at Charleston Southern. And the coaches made a point of it. They're like, hey, these guys played together. So, you know, the comfort level is there. And then the other thing I mentioned repeatedly is Preston's one of the shorter guys I've seen play offensive line in a long time. And I know there are people out there who are like, what does that matter? It does, but, you know, by design – the offensive line, you want to have size not only with girth but with length. And Arroyo pointed out uh, during the uh, Mountain West Conference media days that he's like, we don't just judge on height. You know, both of these guys are actually long. They've got long arms. They've got good reach. So Nichols actually made it as a guard on the PFF team. So that's a good start. Yeah, just to, to relate it, I mean, Cleve Farrell talked about it today. Uh, same thing of, you know, defensive line and offensive line are different. But he said – you know, I'm not small enough to be the quick guy. I'm not big enough to be the big guy. He's like, but my, I'm, I'm really long. My, my arms are long, and I've learned how to use that a little bit more uh, as, I've, as I've developed as a player. And so, you know, he talked about that as well. Uh, so I, I think it's, 
you know, we've moved past the old traditional way of, oh, he's too short. Ah, he's too big. He's too, he's too slow. Like, you can, you can find other ways to measure if a, if a guy, and obviously play is, is important too, but you can find other ways to, you know, to measure guys out. It's not just their traditional measurements. It also depends on both levels what you run, right? Sure. So sure. if you're not a, you know, if you're not a power run team and there's a lot of movement and then you're pulling guys all the time. Yeah, zone scheme is obviously very different than, you, than you, a man You need athletes on the offensive line. You can't necessarily have three 330-pound fatties out there if they can't move. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And, and, and again, it's good good for UNLV to start off the way they did and not surprising they got great grades. They absolutely rolled over a team. Um, you know, in the NFL, it's a little, little bit better judgment because the competition is pretty much the same all the time. And for UNLV, they're going to get good grades because they were able to physically dominate the players they were lined up against. But they still had to go out and do it. And, you know, just because you have a wide-open receiver, you still got to make the throw. And not every throw was wide open, and, and I think he had some good throws that were really, really nice. And obviously the same thing with the, the guys in the trenches. Like, just because you're physically dominant doesn't mean you're always going to beat a guy. So the, the fact that you did it, that you were supposed to, and you went out and did it, those are all good things. Coming up, we preview the Cardinals, Raiders opponent on the uh, 18th of this month in the home opener. Daily happy hour specials from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., including 277 for pint shots and margaritas at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens. The Cardinals are charging. It's Cofield and Company's Las Vegas Raiders opponent preview. Let's break down the Raiders versus the Cardinals. God, how old is producer Ari trying to bring back memories of what Jim Hart, Neil Lomax, what the hell's going on here? Deardorf? I think that was St. Louis Cardinals. I think it was. Yeah. I think it was as well. So let's get into the Cardinals. The uh, opener for the Raiders, the home opener for the Raiders on nine eighteen, and we'll get to the Cardinals schedule. Oh boy, it's tough coming out. But we want to preview the entire season and the off season. Get a little review with uh, Josh Wanfuss from. ESPN.com. He's the uh, guy covering the Cardinals. He's up with Steve and Adam here in Vegas. How are you, sir? I am good. I, I honestly, I don't know if we have time to review the whole offseason. I could oh. take days and days. <laughs> that, that may be the entire spot. Well, you know, I wanted to start out with looking at the top of your uh, Twitter page and, you know, references to Kyler Murray really admiring Bruce Lee, which I find fascinating. I just, I wanted from you, everyone, you know, has a different impression of Kyler Murray. Like, what's your impression of Kyler Murray in terms of maturity his approach, and, and I don't think we have to hammer him over the way he handled the offseason because some of it was a mess, but what do you think of him off the field? You know, it, it's so interesting because the, the public and private um, personas that he, he displays are, are, are vastly different, right? The kid that we see, and I call him a kid because I'm like 15 years older than him, but <laughs> the, the guy that we see at press conferences um, is someone who will, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll laugh at a question if he doesn't like it, he'll roll his eyes, stuff like that. But when you're talking to one-on-one, he's very—he's fascinating to talk to, right? He's engaging. He's—he gives great answers. So it's—it's it's a very—it's—it's it's, it's weird. It's almost like he has these two different um, Kyler Murray's. One who is in this public eye, who has been in this public eye since he was probably 15, and the one privately who is—he's very smart, right? I enjoy talking to him. He's, from what I understand, he's very nice. He's a kind person. Um, and so it's just, it's just how he presents himself really depends on the situation he's in. But I'll say this, like talking to him one-on-one when I've had my chances, I enjoy our conversation. So take that for what it's worth, you know, but at the same time, we also have jobs to do. We talk to them in press conferences. 
and it's just a different person up there. Do you buy into the PCOD and ACOD stats? And, and when I say that, I mean pre-Call of Duty and after Call of Duty that have been circulating <laughs> like, what all, is going on all, here? all over Twitter about his downfalls the last couple of years late in the year. I, I was like, I have no idea what PCOD is. <laughs> the stat nerd. <laughs> Here's the thing. The kid plays a lot of video games. So, no, I don't know how much stock I put into that. Um, I do know during the offseason, he has no problem playing until, you know, 1, 2, 3 in the morning. I know that for a fact. But, like, during the season, I just maybe it's happened once or twice, especially when a new game comes out. But I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't think he puts, I don't think he plays games to the point where it becomes detrimental to his performance i know he loves video games he's a great setup i I know all of that but i just from what i understand like i just i just don't see that um no i could be totally wrong like the kids could be up till two three in the morning every single day playing video games and these stats could be legit but (laughs) i'm not buying them um i think it just might be a weird coincidence so the the study clause i don't know if we've gotten to the bottom of this whole thing was that a cardinals leak an agent leak a murray link where the hell did it come from I don't know. I wish I I have been trying to find this out since it happened, right? Because if you take a step back and kind of look at the big picture, you can see both sides doing this, right? You can see the Cardinals leaking it as like, hey, we got him because the Cardinals probably leaked everything back in February about who he was as a person, all the issues that, that the team had with him. And then I can also see the agent leaking it being like, I can't believe this was in there. I mean, it doesn't make sense for the agent to leak it because it, it makes his client look bad, and I don't. It also doesn't make sense for the team to look to leak it because it makes the team look bad. So, I, I mean, I, I do know this: the whole idea that this was discovered coincidentally when someone was going through the the contract, to me, that's not true. Right? I don't believe that for a second because when this was leaked, the the only people who had seen the contract were the, were, the, were the team was a player, his agent, and maybe one small group of the NFL who had to approve it. It hadn't hit any of these quote-unquote wires or portals. It was still very, I mean, no one really knew the details of it, and all of a sudden it's out there. So for sure it was leaked. I just, I'm still trying to figure it out myself who leaked it. So I'm on, I'm on Team Other, uh, just talking to some people around the Raiders and their beliefs of how this could possibly happen. Because I was with you, it didn't make, usually you know, like it benefits this side for something to leak out, and clearly... They did it. Uh, somebody saw it. They screenshotted it, sent it to somebody else, and some other agent was like, "We got to put this out." Like somebody outside of the actual negotiating process had to have done that. I would imagine. It could have been. It usually could have been. It could have been someone in the league and someone else with a different yeah. team who's part of the process might have been like, "I cannot believe my eyes." I mean, this has never been done before, right? Yeah. And do I, I mean, was it warranted? No. I mean. The one thing that I will say about Kyler is, like, I, I do believe him when he's like, you can't play quarterback in the NFL if you don't study. Right? I mean, that's pretty obvious, no matter if you're Derek Carr, Kyler Murray, or Josh Rosen even, whoever it is. These guys study. I think this was a, a, a reaction to a lot of offseason chatter by the organization. I think people at a certain level of the team just listen to the noise. You know, they talk all about, you know, teams love to still up to tell their players, don't listen to the outside noise, but the team listens to the outside noise. Sure. This is the result. The the reunion uh, is coming up week two uh, with the Cardinals coming to Vegas. Won't be the same as if it was down in Glendale. But Chandler Jones seeing his old team, I guess. First of all, is that a is that a big deal? Is that going to be you know something that's talked about that week of you know Chandler going up up against his old teammates? And also, what are the Raiders getting in Chandler Jones? 
Um, it'll be a big deal depending on how well the Cardinals' pass rush does week one, which I think now that they've lost Chandler Jones, I think this is probably the biggest weakness as a group with the team right now. Um, I think this is going to be a massive, massive deal for Chandler, right? I, the Cardinals, um, they didn't give him the deal that he wanted, and then they eventually took it off the table, whatever deal they gave him, and he was not happy about that. He wanted to stay in Arizona, but Arizona just played games, typically, which has become typical with how they handle their older vets in free agency. Um, and I think he wants to go out there and have five, six sacks against Kyler and show them that, what are you guys doing? You know, It's a similar, similar situation to what happened with Clay Campbell a few years ago. Arizona thought he was washed up. They thought he was too old. They weren't going to pay him a lot of money, let him walk, and he has a great season. I expect that from Chandler Jones. The one thing that I've always been impressed with um, by Chandler Jones is his ability to get sacked, get sacked without putting his body at risk. You know, a lot of guys get get home, they get to the quarterback, they bring him down. He, you know, Matt Patricia, who was his coach in New England, described, he said he used to call Chandler Jones Gumby because of how long his arms are. And that's how he likes to get to the quarterback. He likes getting off the edge and just stripping the ball out of the hand, which obviously counts as a strip sack. And he doesn't ever put his body at risk, really, to get the quarterback down. So I think that the Raiders, I think, have one of the best pass rushers in the game. Um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a joy to talk to for the media. Um, and I, I think that he's going to have a monster season, especially lining up against, lining up across someone like Max Ross. And we will see a reunion going the other way a little bit. Trayvon Mullen obviously traded uh, at the, you know, at the last cuts. It looked like he may not make the Raiders, and they uh, they shipped him out. Uh, how how important was it to get a guy like Trayvon Mullen, who's been a starter for a couple of years, into that secondary? Was that a big need? It was a huge need because one of their projected starters, Antonio Hamilton. Is was put on NFI today. Apparently, he had some sort of kitchen cooking incident, um, oh, and they no. needed to fill that spot immediately. So um, Mullen will have a chance to, if he's not already penciled in as a starter, will have a chance to compete in next week for that job. So he was needed um, badly. Another reunion, even though it's about a year old, will be uh, Rodney Hudson. I think he's sure. going to want to show the Raiders that yeah, he still has some, some juice left in the tank. Uh, are we going to get to the bottom of this kitchen incident? I, don't, I honestly, I don't know enough about it to talk about it. But no, I, I mean, uh, I mean, are, as a reporter, are we going to get to the bottom of this? I mean, at some point, I'm, I hope so because I'm fast. I mean, well, what did the guy do? I mean, did he cut himself? Did he burn himself? Like, here's the thing: it always fascinates me. This goes back to even like the Deshaun Watson situation. Like, these guys have enough money to have people do things for them at a level. Like, why don't these guys have chefs? Why, why are they even making? <laughs> why are you pouring yourself a bowl of cereal? I don't get it sometimes. <laughs> Well, as somebody who can't even make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I can tell you if I tried to make something, I think I'd be on the NFI list as well. But, yes, you're right. I don't have the money for a chef. Uh, maybe these guys <laughs> should. Uh, how good can this Cardinals team be? Oh, It's a tricky question. I think offensively, I think this team has the talent to make a deep run in the playoffs. Right? You look, at, you look on paper, and this receiving core is very, very good. You, have, you start with DeAndre Hopkins, even though he won't be on the field the first 15. Uh, including in Vegas. Then you have, you know, E.J. Green. You have uh, Hollywood Brown, um, Rondale Moore. Um, who am I missing? There's a couple other guys. I'm trying to think who else I'm missing. But uh, this room is, is stacked, right? They have a lot of speed. They have size. They have a lot of playmakers. Then you have Kyler Murray, obviously, who can win games by himself. Solid running back in James Conner. You have great tight ends. You have Zach Ertz. You have a rookie uh, tight end out of Colorado State. Trey McBride, if he can, he's with some back issues. If he can get through those, I think he'll be good. 
offensively, they can put up a lot of points and they could win a lot of games just with the talent on the field. I think defensively is going to be um, a little bit of a struggle this year. I don't think they're going to be as good defensively as they are offensively. But to me, still, the wild card is Cliff Kingsbury. You know, he really struggled as a play caller and play designer the last five games of last year when uh, DeAndre Hopkins went down with his MPL injury. And it cost him. They went, what, one and four to finish the season, got blown out in an ugly fashion in the wild card game on Monday Night Football against the Rams. So if he can figure out, and he said, you know, he's admitted that he did not do a good enough job of uh, adapting the offense after Hopkins went down. But he's also said that he's learned a lot philosophically about what they did last year that he wants to change this year. Now, it's all about execution, right? Can he do that? His teams are notorious for being undisciplined. In Texas Tech, they were among the, the, the leaders in the country in penalties. In the, with the Cardinals, they were the most, among the most penalized teams in the league. So can he harness that um, discipline and make this team you know, a, a good team late, late in the season? I think that will determine how good this team could be. So with all that being said, this is either going to be like a 5-12 and 12 year or a 12-5 and five year. Oh, wow. All right. Well, I was going to throw the win total at you because it's 8.5. They also have an alternate win total of 9.5. The over is plus 195. Maybe I'll just roll the dice on a really good season and try to get 2-1 to one over 9.5 wins. Well, here's the thing. like You don't have DeAndre Hopkins for six games. Brutal, brutal start to the season, right? You start out with Kansas City, Vegas. You have the Rams, then the Panthers, then I think the Eagles after that. That's a pretty daunting start, right? And who knows how they're going to be without Hopkins. And then, you know, if history repeats itself, they've been very, they haven't been good the last half of the season, the last two years. In 20, they were in a playoff um, hunt and they, and they kept losing and they, 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 they lost their playoff shot there. And then last year, they entered the second half of the season, one of the best teams in football, and they barely squeaked into the playoffs as a wild card and they couldn't win at home last year. So, which Cardinals team is going to show up the second half of the year? We don't know. Guys, uh, during offseason and preseason and training camp, Nobody could give a straight answer on if they fix those issues. It's always, we're going to take it day by day. A lot of coaches, you know, we're going to, we're just going to, you know, attack what's in front of us. Well, you need to attack what's happening in November and December and January because that's what's going to get you into the playoffs and give you a, a better speed. And we just didn't hear those answers, so I'm not convinced that they can fix that. Josh Weinfuss from ESPN.com is with us. I'm going to bring this one from out of left field. Our favorite documentary the last couple of weeks is the Manti Teo documentary. Hmm. What do you think of it? I loved it. I thought it was awful. <laughs> you actually uh, you, was, you got a little cameo I mean, in there, right? I, I did get a cameo. Yeah, yes. Yeah. My second sports documentary. I was, I was also in the All or Nothing with the oh, 15 wow. Cardinals. Um, okay. Yeah, and then I'll probably be in. Oh, maybe I'll be in Hard Knocks midseason when they when the when NFL Films comes to Arizona. But the weird thing about the documentary is, and the one thing that I kind of I walked away from it thinking is that you know, Renaya. I, I don't know. How to, I don't pronounce the last name, but like, was her decision to transition spurred at all by what happened? You know, I think it would be interesting to get into that. How all of this affected her personal life, and like more so than it did, kind of touched on it. I, I was very interesting to see. I'd be very interested in seeing how all of this affected her, and if that decision in any way was spurred by what she did to Manta. So. Right, I'll let you get involved in a, in a show discussion. Uh, did you think she is a villain? I, I didn't like her at all, and my partner Adam felt bad for her. I think it's both. I think, I think, I think you can have both those feelings towards somebody in this case, because was she the villain? Yes, because she did this to somebody. But was she the victim? I also think yes, because she was dealing with feelings 
that a lot of us cannot understand, right? And, and, and she had this was her way of expressing those. So I think you could be both in this situation. Josh, good spot. A lot of range there. A lot of range there. We'll talk to you, okay? We'll see you up here in <laughs> <Yeah>. Vegas. <laughs> Anytime, guys. Thanks, man. Yeah, he had tweeted out back a couple days ago that he watched the documentary, and he was in the scrum at the combine. Remember the combine yeah. where Manti Teo goes there? It's like, you know, it's, it's shortly after this whole thing blows up, and, you know, you're like, I really don't. I just want to talk football, but you can't. And uh, he and Ken Summers, who's a longtime Arizona media guy, I guess, were in the, the shot, one of the camera shots. Kind of on the one side so he, of Matt. He got Tateo. to spend a week in Indy. Ugh. You and Indy, lucky guy. You and what? Well, by the way, you know, on the way back, we'll do it. Fat pack. What? Cardinals kitchen? Someone getting cut? I had no idea what's going on. Awesome giveaways and promotions all week long at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens Hotel and Casino. <laughs> One owns a meat slicer, the other an air fryer. It's the Fat Pack on Cofield and Company. I own both, so try to figure it out. I own both. I use both today. I made some. I actually made real bacon today. wasn't bad. We almost never have real bacon. I always had that turkey bacon crap. And I actually, I had prepped the show today, and I actually got done a little early. So I was like, you know, I got some time to chill out. Let me go. Let me go slice some meat and cheeses, just to prep for the next week or so. Making a charcuterie board? No, no, no. It's just actually, I am going to make one some this weekend. Crudite to, to take on. Don't do the crudite. I saw the whole. You saw Doctor Oz with that whole thing, right? Of course. Back, back on. What, talk, why else would I use the word? Talk about talk about being weaponized. A veggie platter, but he is such a, such an upper crust guy. Oh. The crudite. Well, he also got the name of the store wrong because he's never actually lived in Pennsylvania. He, he did get the name. He yeah. mixed like two stores together. Sure. So uh, Adam has an awesome habit on Sports Talk Radio of throwing out stories, and I looked at him. I'm like, what? What do you? What's well, going it on? His. Here? It was his story. Okay, I didn't. Well, I bet I didn't know what it was. I like. So he he cars, just. Someone cut themselves. Well, a he, kitchen. Cardinals. What? I think you were sending an email, but he just he had just talked. He said they just lost a player. Okay, I totally missed that. Then. He I'm, said my bad. he said he went on NFI because of a kitchen incident. Oh, okay, and I said we need to get to the bottom of this. And he said, "Well, I don't know the details yet." And I said, "As a reporter, yeah. get to the bottom. What happened in the kitchen?" All right, I have we need egg, to find I, out. I have egg on my face. I must have been uh, communicating with well, Ari or something. Yeah, you were. I think once I just start going with nonsense, you just t- tuned me out. That's no, fine. no, I no. Get no. It. So, what do we think happened? I, I think I assume he cut a finger off. Oh. No, it can't no, be that. I made that up. I don't know. What, what, yeah. what, what can you do in the kitchen where you're out for the year? I mean, you can use a slicer incorrectly like I was today. Well, that would be cutting a finger off, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. I, uh, I try to concentrate highly with that slicer. So, so Burn, save, maybe some, sa- maybe. save that audio for when the finger goes off. Maybe burning, burning your face with some acid? Or, I don't know why you have acid in the kitchen. I don't know. You could burn yourself. Some grease? You could, hey, if you ever drop grease, yeah, or have it splash. So I'm going to get a chef. That's what that's what he just said. He said maybe the player should get a chef. Okay. If, if for no other reason to avoid season-ending injury. I got it. I got it. Uh, Pittsburgh, West Virginia is scoreless right now. Four minutes left in the first quarter. That's uh, one of the big games going on. Central Michigan tied with Oklahoma State. That one's on FS1. Five and a half minutes left in the first. That one is 7-7. Kickoff in about in, uh, 25 minutes. Uh, Penn State and Purdue. Missouri's playing in just a little bit, and then we'll get into some of the uh, West Coast games because there's two Mountain West Conference teams in action, and I have uh, I actually have action on a six o'clock game with Minnesota and New Mexico State. 
This is the home of awesome giveaways with the A-Play card. It's Silver 7's Sunday gift giveaway. You come down, you play, you accrue the points. Every Sunday they've got prizes, Bud Light theme prizes early in the month, and then you can choose on September 18th the chip and dip tray. i got a lot of those. Chip and dip tray. I'm going to put together a chip and dip tray. I'm making a little road trip to go over someone's house for you know the Labor Day weekend, so I'm very fired up to kind of do this, the, the crew de tay? I'm not doing crudite. I don't like that sure. name. Uh, or chip and dip tray, or you can get serving bowls. It's free. You play the machines, you play the tables, a play card at Silver Sevens. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Brad Powers. All right, here we go. This guy is going to be like a bull in a china closet. Yeah. We got Thursday night football, tracking games, big weekend this weekend. Last weekend, I'm guessing Brad wanted to put his fist through a wall in a couple of plays. All right, Brad, what's going on, buddy? You fired up? Oh, absolutely. Fired up. Uh, n- nice uh, atmosphere for this uh, Pitt West Virginia game. Uh, everything college football should be. Backyard brawl. Um, things started last week uh, with the UNLV and Idaho State game. Did you go to the game? I did go to the game. I lasted about 20 minutes, uh, you know, of game time. Uh, I thought I had it. I bet Idaho State. thought I was looking okay. I thought the turning point was an easy dropped interception. UNLV is backed up deep in their own territory. Two plays later, 75-yard touchdown pass, Ricky White. And uh, it was all she wrote, good night, Irene. So, uh, yeah, that was uh, – I bet Idaho State quite a bit. One of my two biggest plays, loser. If, you, if it – I mean – it was a big talk in the press box, I can tell you that, that it completely changed the complexion of the game. It went from UNLV potentially maybe starting to question themselves and wonder what's going on to starting to pull away in the game. It, and it was, you say an easy drop, and sometimes oh God, there's, yeah. there's different variants of what an easy dropped interception is. That was right in the chest, probably an easy six points the other way, and it changes the game. It just sucks. And that's, that's where the frustration <laughs> of you spent all this time handicapping, right, and then something like that completely changes the game. Yeah, it certainly does. I mean, Idaho State had already driven deep into you know UNLV territory and threw a, a really bad interception on a screen pass, uh, but they had overcome that. I thought we we're playing pretty evenly with, with UNLV. Look, I mean, for those that didn't watch it, I'll say this: if I had a son and he was in the seventh grade and he dropped that that interception, that possible interception, I'll say this: I'd have been pretty disappointed. That, that's how egregious it was. Uh oh. So what are we seeing so far in the Pitt-West Virginia game is of uh, two former Southern Cal quarterbacks uh, heading up both teams? Well, I think moving forward, because, I mean, the, the value, I think, moving forward is probably betting Pitt-unders. I mean, Narduzzi, completely different offensive style. They are back, instead of throwing it all around the yard, they're, they're you know using clock, very conservative, running the football. Uh, J.T. Daniels on the other side, I mean, we'll see. I mean, uh He's placed some pretty good pit defense, but I, I've never been a big JT Daniels fan. So, uh, so far, uh, the, the biggest takeaway is you, you got two defenses that probably have the upper hand over the opposing offense. Central Michigan came in getting a 21 and a half this afternoon against Oki State. Looks like Oklahoma State just got a, a safety to this point. It's been kind of an even battle from a yardage standpoint. Yeah, a little bit of money came in uh, on Central Michigan. Oklahoma State's got a few players out. Uh, you know, I did bet. Small bet, though, Central Michigan. I preferred the under, so I'm, I'm hoping to, to win the under more than, than the side. But uh, 
not surprised Central Michigan's hanging in there. I mean, they really won me over in that bowl game last year against a Power 5 opponent in Washington State that they really pushed, pushed around and bullied. And, you know, Oklahoma State lost a ton of guys on defense, including their defensive coordinator, so we'll see uh, how they finish the game. What do we do tonight with Penn State and Purdue? You know, slight lean on the home dog and the under. I bet both. Uh, obviously, these numbers are moved if you're waiting until, you know, 20 minutes before kick. <laughs> you're late to the party. These lines have been up four months. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. you know, dog and under there uh, for me. I uh, Beginning of the week, I played New Mexico State plus the points against Minnesota. Am I a moron? No, I, I have that bad in pocket. Uh, a little bit of bad blood, keep in mind, between Jerry Kill and, and P.J. Fleck. There's exactly. been some words. Uh, Good. I bet the under and the dog, you're going to hear me say that quite a bit. Uh, I think there's some correlation there. New Mexico State probably should have won last week. They're minus five in turnovers and still had a shot in that game. That shows you how bad uh, Reno is. So, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, New Mexico State is the right side tonight. I will, I will admit I have no idea what the details are of this, but somebody said to me as I was leaving the Raiders facility today, uh, your boy Brad just set the college football betting world on fire. What is going on with the Portland State game? And what, what did you do? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just a release show that I'm doing with covers. And, you know, having to win my first bet, there's been, you know, some excitement. And if you want to see line moves three, four points in 30 seconds, you know, make sure you're tuning into that show. I'm always tweeting it out. But what happened in particular with this one is, you know, we bet at a certain number. Uh, maybe guys get a little over-anxious uh, and over-bet it, and then it moves a little too far. And what happened, uh, a very respectable, probably one of the best services, out there in the industry, Raz, right angle sports, they then they turned around and gave out San Jose State minus a lower number, and you got this, you know, I said it's Rocky Four uh, battle here where Raz is Ivan Drago, and we'll see if I'm Apollo or I'm Rocky tonight. Did I did I hear the number? Was wow. it was it plus twenty four and a half and minus seventeen and a half? Are those the numbers that were given out? Yeah, well, no, not those numbers. I mean, that's probably at the highest variance between the two lines. I mean, it, it had been jumping around all morning. I mean, just to pull behind the curtain, I mean, this is like 10 minutes before the show. We're getting ready to, you know, send out graphics and whatnot. I'm like, nah, Portland State looks pretty good, plus 24. And then within five minutes, you know, later, oh, my goodness, they're taking money. So I'm like, ah, 21 and a half or over would be better. So I officially gave it out at plus 21 and a half, and I think Raz gave it out at 19. Oh, boy. Brad Powers with us. BradPowerSports.com, at BradPower7 up on Twitter. Last uh, Thursday, Tilt. Would you lay 41-and-a-half with Fresno against Cal Poly? i bet the game, but I laid 35-and-a-half. I would not bet 41-and-a-half wow. uh, too much. Uh, over, I think, is a good play, too. Cal Poly's, you know, another year removed from playing option football. They have the former Eastern Washington head coach, so they're going more up-tempo. Uh, lean over, but cannot lay 41-and-a-half. Uh, Friday game, thought Illinois did a good job against Wyoming. They're at Indiana. They're catching a point and a half. Yeah, a lot of money came in on Illinois. I'm not too surprised by it, but I can't bet it now, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I did bet Illinois, but uh, obviously above a key number. You know, one thing that I think people overreact to is week zero in particular. And if you go back the last 15 years, you blindly play against the teams that have already played a game. So they played like a week zero game. And then you're playing on the team that's opening up their season opener, this Indiana in this instance. You're hitting well above 55% against the spread, and we're talking like a 400-game sample size. Wow. Uh, your impression of North Carolina as they are playing App State? 
Yeah, I mean, my impression when I tweeted last night or last week uh, when uh, North Carolina was only winning 35-24 as a 45-and-a-half point favorite was it was an embarrassment, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, I bet them early in that game. I had like four different tickets all, you know, north of a touchdown as far as line value goes and never came home. So that was my second biggest bet uh, of the weekend uh, behind Idaho State, and it was a loser. So that that. I ruined my whole weekend, to be perfectly honest with you. And, you know, look, if they play similar, similarly uh, to what they just did, they'll lose outright to State. Yeah, close spread on that one. Um, is Harbaugh playing with fire with his quarterback rotation, getting each guy a start in the first two games? Michigan 30-and-a-half against Colorado State. Yeah, they're playing two tomato cans, so it don't matter. Uh, what it does matter is, you know, the, the one of the picks they gave out on this cover release show was the over in this game. I think there's a big misperception on Harbaugh, you know, run the football, conservative, play defense. Reality is he's the number one over coach in college football. Since he took the Michigan job in 2015, you blindly bet every over in every Michigan game, you're 61%. That's number one in the country during that time frame. And then on top of that, because of the quarterback competition, I think both are going to push the pace. There's going to be a sense of urgency for both guys. Harbaugh's a big bully. He's not afraid to put it on a team. And then Colorado State going from a more run-based offense to a pass-happy offense from Adazio to Norvell. I love the over there. Is, is there also could be factored in the fact that, hey, if you're going to get an audition game, you're going to try to do whatever you can to keep running up the score to show that you deserve the job, right? Absolutely. So another factor why. Over. Uh, big mover with UTEP. What are you doing? UTEP, Oklahoma. It's now Sooners 30 and a half. Yeah, I'm part of the UTEP money, but, I mean, that was in May for me. And I, when I bet them plus 40, I'm um, not doing it now. I wasn't really impressed with UTEP, to be honest with you. I bet them last week and lost. Uh, and that was a game that uh, I thought they could have at home uh, against North Texas, and, and they were handled. So, uh, you know, I think Oklahoma's a team that if he gets an opportunity to, to, to put one on, uh, with it being the first home game and a lot of excitement, I'm certainly, you know, I, I, after my UTEP bet three months ago, uh, I would lean towards the Sooners. It's all about numbers for me. Brad Powers at Brad Powers 7 up on Twitter. Let's hit some of the big boy games. We're going to have a chance in this game, at least to stay within hailing distance, getting 17 against Georgia on a not-so-neutral site. You know, I bet both sides of this game. Uh, I think 17 is the right number, and I don't expect much movement off of it. I laid 13 and a half. That was my bigger of the two bets, and I took 18 on the other side. So, again, 17 seems right to me. If you have to get involved, you're going to watch the game want to bet it, uh, pizza money over for me. I think, obviously, Georgia's defense takes a little bit of a step back. They'll be more offensively driven. And then uh, on the other side, Oregon's offense will push the pace uh, with their new OC. If you notice a trend with what Brad's talking about with line value and how often he was on games months and months and months ago, well, you should already know that. You should be listening to us because Brad was talking about this stuff back four months ago. And the battle over what the number would be uh, leading into this Ohio State-Notre Dame game goes back about three months. So Buckeyes are 17. You know, as you predicted, the market was going to go crazy. So what are you now thinking about the game? Probably more over Ohio State team total over. I just don't see Notre Dame, you know, if they've got a weakness it's on the outside on the perimeter, and I don't see them stopping Ohio State's pass-happy offense. I think 17's a little rich to now step in on the Buckeyes, although I'd still lean that way. I just think there's more value on over. Uh, and Because there's still, I mean, look, Ohio State, I think, is going to be much better on defense. But we'll see. It's, it's a first game under a new coordinator. So I'm not sure if they'll be playing 
at their A-plus level. So over for me and Ohio State team total over. Before we hit the last couple of games, Brad, tell people what you are doing with covers now. Yeah, it's just uh, it's a release show. We're doing it, uh, you know, most weeks, just twice a week. So it'll be Mondays. We'll, we'll cover the early line releases as far as the FBS games go. And then on Saturday mornings, when the FCS lines get uh, posted, we'll release some there. So it's live. you got to be on top of it. You better have your sportsbook app loaded and ready to go because I'm <laughs> here to tell you, 30 seconds, that line's gone. It happens quick. Uh, so, again, Utah and Florida, we were talking about this game months ago. Um, I expect even, I guess, more money to come in on – Florida as the game approaches. Am I right on this one? I'm seeing a lot of Utah now two and a half. And not too surprised uh, with some Florida money. I mean, look, I bet Utah. And there was plus signs behind, <laughs> beside Utah when I was betting them. Uh, you know, I, I anticipate the SEC teams come Saturday uh, in the big games, whether it's Georgia, whether it's uh, Florida or Sunday night at LSU. I would anticipate the SEC teams to take money. So, uh, yeah, sure, plus three, you know, if you think there's great value on Florida. I'm here to tell you, I I don't think there's great value on Florida there. I I think Utah is the clear right side. You've been saying that for a long time. Uh, Will people keep betting Alabama? It's up to 42.5 at some spots against Utah State. Well, not me. I bet Utah State plus 42.5. I mean, that was the point of of no return for me where, I mean, I did – in fact, Willie Hill opened up 31 uh, back wow. in April. So, I mean, that has climbed and climbed and climbed to the point where I don't care that Nick Saban's so good in season openers. The reality is 42.5 is the biggest points that he's ever laid in a season opener. Utah State's pretty solid. I know they look pathetic against Connecticut, but they're better than a lot of these teams that Alabama's played in openers. San Jose State, I think Kent State, an FCS team, they're better than those teams. But on top of it, Texas is on deck. Are you kidding me? The offense gets put to, put away in the second half as far as I'm concerned. What do you think Boise does against Oregon State? Uh, Beavers, two and a half. I think they win the game. So that tells you I think there's value on Boise State. I think they're a little undervalued in the market. I know they had their worst season, at least record-wise, in two decades a year ago. Statistically, it wasn't, especially on defense. I think it was one of their better defenses they've had in recent memory. And with all those starters back and at Andy Avalos' second year, they had defenses legit, and they shut down Oregon State. Broncos outright late night, Saturday night. And last one, you mentioned the Sunday game, LSU, Florida State. Florida State in this game is catching three. I bet both sides again to this one. Uh, I probably prefer more the LSU side at this point, but I took six and a half three months ago, and I laid two and a half about three weeks ago with LSU. Here's what I'll say. If you want to bet LSU, I think it's okay to do so now. I don't expect two and a half. I really don't. I think it'll be a a pros versus Joes game. I think if you want to bet Florida State, wait a little bit. I think you might be able to catch a three and a half. Brad, you're awesome. Rapid fire as always. That was great. I'm glad college football is back, and I know you are. Right back at you guys. Thanks for having me. There he is, Brad Powers. Wasn't happy he was back on, uh, on Saturday at Allegiant. I love that. I don't love the result. I don't want to you know, see him get screwed over, but sometimes you watch a game and you're like, all right, that's enough. I can't, I can't watch this. And, yeah. and we, have, we really haven't broken down much. I've kind of slipped it in every UNLV conversation that there were a couple of mistakes by Doug Brumfield that could have changed the game. Sure. And that probably could have been a, a pick six inside of the 20-yard line. Uh, Brumfield threw it right into the hands of a defender. He also fumbled early I, in the game. I was going to say, yeah, and got it back. And I, I thought it was uh, – I was going to say it's funny. It wasn't funny. But I leaned over to somebody sitting in the press box with me. I said, "Oh, poor Brad." That, I mean, that play was so obvious—obvious obvious of a swing in that in that first half. It was crazy.